Well, it's great to see you all this morning. Give you a warm welcome. As Will said, it's great to have you with us. It's great to have Giuseppe in the house today. Giuseppe is uh, one of our pastors from our family of churches in uh, Thunder Bay. Yeah, give Giuseppe a warm welcome this morning. It's great to have him here. Well, this morning we're going to start our series on 40-day campaign, which is called What on Earth Am I Here For? A number of years ago, if you were part of us here, we went through a series called The Purpose Driven Life. And uh, we did that on a Sunday morning in the preaching, and then we had the cell groups during the week who met uh, and went through the material. And uh, that was 10 years ago, would you believe, uh, from where we are now, yes, that way, it's a, time has flown by. And so now we're doing What on Earth Am I Here For?, which is another step on from the purpose-driven life. It's a lot of the same material, but it's taken to another level. And before we start, I just want to say very clearly that we're using uh, Rick Warren's material. Rick Warren's the pastor of Saddleback uh, Church in uh, California. We're using his material, so a lot of the preaching, um, there's going to be some of Rick Warren's material in it, and uh, we've tailored it to our own needs and put our own little twist on things or whatever, but I'm just being upfront with you. Um, I'm using some material that I didn't write this morning. Um, We're using some of their material. And when we come into uh, the midweek meetings, the meetings that you're going to have, those meetings are going to be using the videos. um, And Rick Warren is going to be teaching on those videos. And then you have a book that we're going to encourage you to get uh, to be part of that as well. And you will follow through and there'll be notes to take and there'll be homework to do, uh, memory verses to learn. And we're going to give ourselves to these next 40 days to say, okay, Lord, what are we here for now? You might have uh, a very clear idea of what you're doing here, which is great. And this might just be an encouragement for you to keep going on what you're currently doing. But as I've talked to a lot of you over this last year and listened to you, it feels like many of you are saying, what does God have for me next? It's like I knew what I was doing to this point. I know what I'm doing now, but it feels like there's some changes and there's some things happen. What does God have for me next? Well, that's why we're going to give ourselves to this 40 days to asking the Lord that question. And maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with God at all. But maybe you've asked in your own heart, what on earth am I here for? Why do I exist? Why am I on this planet at all? Is there a reason for it? Well, if that's you this morning, you've come to a great place too, because this will help you to understand the reason why you exist, why you're on this earth, and why you've been put here. And so we're going to help you to find that reason together. And one of the best ways to do that is to be part of a small group. Over 75% of our adults at Gateway are an active part of a small group, which is wonderful. Yeah, it's an amazing percentage that. But if you're not part of a group to go through 40 days with, we want to encourage you to sign up for one. And you can sign up for one this morning. In fact, we have, I think, eight new groups now this morning that are starting for 40 days in purpose, which is wonderful. Yes, you can give a clap to that too. There's so many good things happening. You're going to have to bring your clapping hands with you on a Sunday morning. because We're just going to have to give God a lot of claps because he's doing a really good job. God does a good job of being God, doesn't he? Yeah, I think we all agree on that. That's good. Yeah, we can give him a clap for that. 
So we have some of the leaders of those small groups here with us this morning. I'm just going to get them to stand so you can see them. I'm going to introduce you to the new groups that we have. And at the end of uh, the service this morning, at the back there, there's a bunch of um, sign-up sheets on the table. And if you want to go and sign up for one of those groups, you can do that. If you want to sign up for a group that's not there, just talk to me, talk to Heather, talk to one of us, or go at the back and sign up uh, on another sheet there. They'll help you out and we'll get you set up with the right group because if you want to do this and really um, plow and find the uh, plow the field of your heart, find out what God has for you, the best way to do that is in a small group. So I want to encourage you in that. So this morning, Joan Andrachuk, do you want to stand? Joan is going to be um, starting a group that she's running. It's going to be in North Kildonan, and she's going to be running that group during the day sometime. She has a particular heart to reach out to unchurched women. And if you'd like to come and uh, partner with Joan, she's here for you this morning. She'll help you with that. Sunny, where's Sunny? Sunny and Reese. Is Reese here as well? Reese was out on the debit machine, I think. But Sunny is here. Sunny is going to be starting a group, and Sunny's group is going to be in Transcona on Goodfellow. And uh, so you can sign up for that at the back as well. Uh, Ken and Nikki. Ken and Nikki are here too. Ken and Nikki are also going to be starting a group in Transcona on Yale Avenue. And uh, if you want to be part of that, you can sign up at the back as well. Dave and Kathy, Dengate, also in North Kildonan and Antrim. And they're going to be starting a group either on Tuesday or on Thursday. So I know a lot of you can't make Thursday groups. Uh, talk to Dave and Kathy. They'll be able to help you find one on uh, Tuesday. And if that's the way you set it up, there may be some other groups that are on different times as well. Brad and Rosemary, Mastovic. Brad and Rosemary in Mission Gardens, and they'll be starting a group there. And so if you want to be part of that, sign up at the back. And finally, Beth. Where's Beth? Beth Marr. Beth is going to be running a group downtown, uh, Broadway, Assiniboine, uh, Gary. If you want to talk to Beth, then she'd love to have you in those groups as well. So lots of opportunities for you to go and get signed up. And maybe you'd like to run a group yourself. Maybe you'd like to run a group with some friends that don't even know Jesus. You think, how can I do that? Well, we'll give you all the material you need. You find one or two people. Go and find a friend. Ask them to bring a friend. Start a group with three people. And go through this material uh, together. It's amazing how many people in life would love to know what they're here for. Right? Even unchurched people. Why am I here? What am I doing? What's my life? What's the point of my life? And so it's a great opportunity for us, and we're going to have some invitations you can hand out next time as well. But if you want invitations, we can get those given to you. We can send those to you by email um, to hand out to people as well if you want to do that. All right. This morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about our calling. We want to lay hold of in this 40 days what it is that God has called us for. And so this morning, the sermon title is The Call is for You. The call is for you. Romans 8 verse 30 is one of the best known and most loved verses in scripture. It says this. I'm going to be in verse 28, not verse 30. We know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love him. What an amazing verse. I was talking to one of you this morning who's just had a loss of a loved one um, and a funeral this last week. A very sad time in many ways, but God did so many miracles and wonders during that time that it's almost turned that sadness into some sort of a joy because God has been at work in the middle of it all. 
we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Go down into Romans 8.30. Those that God predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What does that word called mean? Well, the Greek word that he uses there is the Greek word kaleo. Obviously, it's close to called, kaleo. But it doesn't simply mean someone shouts out at you your name and calls it out to you and calls you that way, calls you on the phone or something like that. It's actually got a deeper meaning. The word is used in the phrase when the angel talked to Jesus' parents and said, you will call his name Jesus. You will kaleo his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. The reason Jesus had the name Jesus, which means savior, is because he is going to save his people from their sins. And the angels say to Mary and Joseph, we want you to call the name out of this baby. Not just put your hands on this baby and say, this is the baby Jesus. But he is called for a purpose and the name expresses that purpose. And we want you to call out of this baby the savior of the world. You will call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And that's what this word called means. It doesn't just mean that God shouts out to you and says, come over here. It means that he has created you for a particular reason. He has wired you for a a particular purpose. And he is calling out of you that which he has created. The reason why you exist. And what we want to do over these 40 days. Is we want to listen to that call from God. If you had a phone call this week. I don't know what you think of phones. This is not my phone. Luke Nolan kindly uh, donated it to us for my purpose this morning. But uh, I don't know what you feel about phones. My grandma, my grandma was, really did not like phones. And uh, she, she would never answer them. She just was frightened of the phone. Well, I'm not frightened of the phone, but I don't always like to answer it. You know, if you're in a particular place and you just want to relax or, you know, if you're a little worried if uh, it might be something, you, bad news or something like that, you might be a little nervous about answering the phone. But can I encourage you in something this morning? When God calls your house, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. And what's going to happen over this next 40 days is that God is going to call your house. And what we're doing by turning our heart towards the Lord and by getting together in small groups and sharing together is we're picking up the phone. You might not even know God this morning. Well, God is calling you too. And if you would come and be part of us in these 40-day groups, we're going to help you pick up the phone. You will discover that God speaks into your heart and into your life. And what he will do is he will speak into the core of your being who he has made you to be. And he will call that out into existence. Isn't that a wonderful thing? God has called you. God is calling you.
So a few things I want to say, seven things this morning about the calling that we have from God. There's lots of scriptures about calling in the Bible. We want to melt them down into seven this morning to give you just to say some things about our calling and what it is like. The first is this. My calling is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. I don't work for it. I don't bargain for it. I don't barter for it. It's just a flat out gift of God's grace. It's a present for me, for me to use. When he created me and called me, he did it by his grace. Galatians 1 says this, God by his grace through Christ has called you to become his people. What is grace? Grace is undeserved kindness. It's getting what we don't deserve. Grace is God showing us mercy when we did not deserve mercy. The fact is, God says that I'm going to give you what you need, what you deserve. Grace is the fact that every mistake we make in life, every wrong thing that we do and are going to do, God knew before we were born. But he still called us. That is grace. God knew all the choices that we were going to make. Some of them away from what he's called us to do. Some of them flat out in rebellion to what God called us to do. And God still called us. That is grace. That is the kindness of God. This morning, our calling is a gift from God. And he's giving us a calling in life Simply because he loves us. He loves us. He knows that we need meaning. We need a meaning to get up in the morning. We need a meaning to get through the day. We need to know what we're doing. We need to feel that we're making a difference. God knows all those things about us. He knew those things about us before he created us. And so he loved us. And by his grace, he put a calling on our lives. My calling is a gift from God. What about that calling then? Secondly, this. I am called for God's purpose. God's purpose. I'm not called for my purpose. I wasn't put on this earth for little old me. How sad of a life that would be if all my life was was about me and about satisfying me and about making me be something that makes me feel good. But that's how a lot of us live because we don't understand that there's a call beyond ourselves which is greater than ourselves and is actually more fulfilling, more joy-giving, more wonderful than just looking after little old me. I'm not called for my purpose. You are not called for your purpose. We are called for God's purpose. A much bigger plan, a much greater plan, a much more wonderful plan. Look at this verse in Ephesians 2 verse 20. It says this, for we are God's workmanship. That word workmanship is the Greek word poema. It's the word we get poem from. Think about that. You are God's poem. Isn't that wonderful? He handcrafted it. He took time over it. He put his heart into it. It expresses something of who he is. He put his creativity into you. 
He fashioned you with the form of his hand. You are God's poem. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has works for us to do. God has purpose for us to do. And until we find that purpose in God, we will always be unfulfilled. You can spend your life trying to fulfill your own purpose. You can spend your life trying to satisfy yourself. You will discover that you will just get frustrated. You'll get annoyed. You'll get offended. You might even get offended with God and say, why did you put me here in the, purpose, in the first place? And it's because we don't understand we're part of something much greater. God has fashioned us, made us beautiful in his own way. Each one of us is made beautiful in our own way in God for a purpose. And when we find that purpose, suddenly our life makes sense. And if your life doesn't make sense to you this morning, that's what this 40 days is all about. Even if you felt like your life made sense for 40, 50, suddenly, and suddenly at this point in your life, it doesn't make sense anymore. Well, that's what this 40 days is all about. Lord, make sense of my life for me from this point on. Help me, I pray in Jesus' name. I'm very fortunate in many ways. I learned my life call when I was very young. We were praying for the children this morning in the back room. How many of you have seven-year-olds this morning? A few of you. Seven was the most significant year of my life. 1970. Some huge changes. We moved from one end of the country to the other. And uh, from a place that was very safe to a place that wasn't safe at all. And um, all sorts of changes and big things happened in my life. Some things happened in my life that were not very good um, to me personally. But in the midst of it all, in that year, in that tumult, God reached down and put his hand on my life and called me. I was seven. We were living in a, um, we were living in a barn, actually. We were moving from one place to another. We didn't have a house, so we were living in a barn. There was this guy, this farmer, he'd taken his barn, his cow buyer, and he built a little, um, little room next to the cow buyer. Four of us in one room, and I think mum and dad in another. And so we were woken up every morning by the cows at four o'clock in the morning, or whatever time they came in, because they were right next door, literally, across the wall. And that's where we lived. And we were going to a little church in the area, which was much like all the churches I'd ever been to. Lovely little evangelical church. People loved the Lord. People loved the scriptures. It was wonderful. But one day, we got in a car and we went into Newcastle, which was about 45 minutes away. And we went to a church service, which I had never been to the like of before. It was a Pentecostal church service. The man who was running it was a guy called Pastor Harrison. He had been one of the young men who a guy called Smith Wigglesworth had mentored. Smith Wigglesworth was a a healing evangelist. So many, many wonderful miracles happen. And Pastor Harrison had been influenced by him as a young boy. And he was still living in the fire of this man's gospel and his calling. And I sat at the back. It was a long, thin meeting um, of of chairs. It was packed. I'd never been in a church that was packed before. It was packed from front to back. We were on the back row, and I was on the chair on the back row next to the aisle. I cannot remember what anybody said. I can't remember what the preacher said. As, As preachers, we understand that. I'm not so worried that you understand and remember everything I say. I am concerned that you pick up the phone and you listen to what Jesus says. And 
What happened that night is Jesus did something to me. I, I can't quantify it, but something gripped my heart. I was already a Christian. I gave my life to Jesus when I was young. Gur. But something gripped my heart that night. And when the guy gave an appeal, I'd never been in a church that gave an appeal before. Put up your hands. My hand just went, Poof. If he'd asked me to go to the front, I'd have gone to the front. If he'd asked me to dance around the aisles, I'd have danced around the aisles. Something had gripped my heart. I did not know what it was. I know what it was now, though. God's calling on my life. I have a purpose for you, Peter, and I'm getting a hold of you, and I want you to walk with me in this. We had a station wagon. Uh, We drove back to the farm in a station wagon. I climbed into the back of the station wagon. Um, we didn't have to have seatbelts in those days, for those of you who are wondering if I was being safe. I didn't need one. I climbed into the back, seven years old, got on my knees, put my face down onto the wheel well in the back of the station wagon, and I prayed for 45 minutes all the way home. God, I want to be with you. God, I want to serve you all the days of my life. Lord, I don't know what you have for me. I don't know what you want to do in me, but I want to be with you. I want to be right in the center of what it is. Lord, whatever those guys had in that meeting, whatever that dynamic was, I've never been there before. Such a power, such a power, such a presence, such an anointing. That's where I want to be, God. That's where I want to be. Seven years old. Seven years old. And you know what? I've never lost it. In fact, it's stronger in me today than it's ever been. Since the turn of this year, it's gone up a notch, or five. I feel it so powerfully in my spirit. When I was uh, 11 years old, we were at another meeting. I didn't know what they were. Lord, what is this that's gripped me? I just know something's gripped me. And 11 years old, we were at a tent meeting, and and this guy was preaching about being a, a global missionary. And he said, you know, if God's called you this morning to go to the ends of the earth and preach the gospel, Sorry, if you're new here, I can get emotional sometimes. Please don't get worried about that. It's just who I am. It's part of my call. And um, he said, if anybody wants to do that, there's a little, a little card here we'd like you to fill out. Will you come up? I went up, I filled out the little card. 11 years old. Wherever you want to take me, Jesus. Whatever you want to do, that's what I want. That's what I want. Still got it at home. Stir you up by putting you in remembrance is the scripture on the top. So you remember your call. I didn't know where God was going to call me. I didn't know he was going to call me to Winnipeg. I don't even even think I knew Winnipeg existed. But God did. And he laid hold of my heart. And listen, you might not have had that happen to you in the same way. You don't have to, as you can tell, I'm a very emotional person. So, you know, it happens to me very emotionally. You might not have a lot of emotion around it in the same way. But if you have not had your heart gripped by something by God, I want to encourage you to come on this journey with us for 40 days. Because I believe that's what God wants to do to each and every one of us in different ways. My calling is a gift from God. Your calling is a gift from God. Number three, God chose my calling before I was born. 
Remember the end of the last verse in Ephesians 2, good works which God prepared in advance for me to do. God had already prepared the works. He'd already prepared his heart for the worker, which was me or you or whoever. And he was preparing us to do, which God had already been thinking about into the future. That's the wonderful thing about this plan. God is, he's not making it up as he goes along. He knows precisely what he's doing. And he has thought this thing through in his heart about what he wants you to do. And so even though your life may take some big right-hand turns, left-hand turns or whatever, God's purpose can go right down through the middle of all those turns and changes in your life. Some of them tragic. Because he called you before you were born. We're going to do a memory verse each week. Our memory verse for this week, if you're a cell leader or you're running a 40-day group, it's different from the one that's in your book. Sorry, I changed it up. I said we're going to tweak a little bit. So here's the tweak. If you don't get this, you need to get this because this is our memory verse for the week. It's actually a wonderful verse. I've been meditating on it on the last few days. Just given me a lot of joy. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 15 says this. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. That's true for me. That's true for you. It's true for your children and your children's children. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Now, can we say this together? Because I want to get this into our hearts over this week. And I want you to go away and meditate on it. If you're wondering, oh Lord, why am I here? I'm just an accident. Is, is this happened to me and that's happened to me? It's thrown me off course. I don't know what. No, wait a minute. Galatians 1 verse 15. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his wonderful grace. Let's say this together, right? Galatians 1 verse 15. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. One more time. Galatians 1 verse 15. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Isn't that a wonderful verse? Listen, I want to encourage you to go away, wake up with it in the morning, go to bed with it at night till it resonates and rolls around in you and you cannot lose it. Whatever the devil whispers into your mind, whatever your own flesh tells you about your life and where you're at and what you're going, wait a minute. Before I was even born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. You might say, I've got all sorts of flaws, Peter. I've got all sorts of stuff and just going to stop me. And, and God might have this call, but, but look at who I am and look at what's happened to me and look at where I'm at. I don't know whether you've had the chance on YouTube to come across a guy called Nick Vucic, Vucic from Australia. Have you found this fellow on YouTube? Yeah, it's quite an amazing story. This guy was born with no arms or legs. He has no arms or legs. And uh, he takes everywhere now the gospel, all over the world. He's preaching it in some of the most amazing places. Except, you know, he comes into a room, you have to lift him up and put him on top of the table. And uh, he's got his headset on. And he just stands there and shares his testimony. And he preaches the gospel. If you want to get encouraged this week, you go and look at those videos. 
Of all the people on earth, Lord, you might have a call for my life, but what on earth can I do? I can't even move myself. I have no arms and no legs. I can't have a call. Well, that man is touching more people for the gospel of Jesus Christ than most of us will ever do. His heart is to take the gospel to every nation on earth. And he's on his way. It's inspiring. Because he made a decision. And his decision was this. Lord, to all the world it might look like I don't have the goods to be able to do what you've called me to. But I believe you've called me even before I was born. And you knew I was going to be born with no arms and legs. But before I was even born, you chose me and you called me by your marvelous grace. Listen, whatever our hindrances are, whatever we think are our limitations, God knew those before we were born and he still called us. He still chose us and it's by his grace that we lay hold of that calling. God chose my calling Before I was born. Number four. My sins and my mistakes don't change my call. Let that resonate in your mind for a moment. While I get a drink. My sins and my mistakes don't change my call. I'm so glad for this. It doesn't matter how messed up your life has been. Whether you messed it up or somebody messed it up for you. It doesn't change the call of God on your life. Look at this. 1 Timothy 1. This is Paul the apostle speaking to his young pastor who he's mentored. Sharing his heart with him. Being open. Being honest. Being vulnerable with him about who he was. Paul who planted all these churches. Paul who preached the gospel fearlessly. Who'd gone through persecution. Come out the other end. But Paul had a humility all the days of his life. And one of the reasons was because he knew where God had called him from. This is what he says in 1 Timothy chapter 1. And this is from verse 12 to 13. He says, by calling me into his service, Jesus has judged me trustworthy. Even though I used to be a blasphemer and a persecutor and contemptuous. This was a man who went about finding Christians, dragging them into jail. He was a religious terrorist. He would persecute them. He was happy if they were stoned and killed. He was doing the job that he felt he should be doing. And he was so far away from understanding Jesus and who Jesus was. And the true call that he had on his life. And he thought he was fulfilling his call. But he was doing it in a way that was absolutely hurting God and God's purposes. He thought, uh, or uh, it seemed, uh, in a way that was totally against his calling. And what God had for him. Yet, even though he was a blasphemer, even though he was a persecutor, even though he was a killer, because he was contemptuous, God's calling on his life did not change. I don't know what's happened to you in the last phases of your life. I don't know what's happened to you in your previous history. But you cannot look at that Put it up on a sheet in front of you and say, this is my certificate of disqualification. 
in Christ, there is no such thing. Those he called, he also justified. It's a big word we can't unpack this morning, but it means this. He brought me up to the mark of his righteousness. Nothing we have done can take away the call that is on our life. Chuck Colson. Many of you may know who Chuck Colson is. Chuck Colson rose up to be one of the most powerful men in the world. Assistant to President Nixon. A man who was ruthless in becoming who he felt he should be. Uh, Ruthless in such a way that he eventually used illegal means to try and keep Richard Nixon in power and try to expand what they were doing there. He was caught, as was Nixon, the Watergate scandal. And Chuck Colson, for all that he had done, was thrown in prison. You might look at Chuck Colson's life as a Christian and say, there's such giftedness there, but you have used it in all the wrong places. Well, God touched Chuck Colson's heart in in, in prison. He gave his life to the Lord. As a result of giving his life to the Lord, he started to serve the Lord out of where he was, from the president's aid to a prison, and where he was as a prisoner. He started Christian Prison Fellowship, Fellowship, which is now all over the world in 150 to 160 different countries, ministering to prisoners everywhere. Because the gift and call of God cannot be taken away because of our sin and rebellion against God. In fact, God can even use our sinfulness and the things that we have done wrong and turn them to serve his purpose. Remember the verse we started? In all things, God works for good to those who are called according to his purpose. Isn't that a wonderful thing? You know, today you can go through a day and think, you know, in the morning you wake up and you're, yeah, I've got God's call. I know what I'm doing. And you really, and, and by midday you've messed up. And that's it for the rest of the day. It doesn't have to be. Walk in the light. Get it out in the light with God. Get it out in the light with your brothers and sisters. Pray for it. Receive the forgiveness of God. Be done. Pick up your calling and get on. There would be nobody doing any sorts of calls if we felt felt that it was all reliant on us being perfect all the time. I wouldn't be preaching here this morning. Some of my years from 11 and 14 when I felt the call of God in my life to when I, they were pretty tumultuous years. I didn't make all the right choices by any means. I'm so grateful that God did not count that against me and say, that's it, Pete. Now you're on to call B, call C, call, because call A, you can't manage that. God does not work like that. He has a call of God on your life. And he's gonna, that call's going to be there for you when you line up for him. And my encouragement, our encouragement over this 40 days is to line up with that call as quickly as possible. Because then you'll be the most fulfilled in life in what you're doing. My sins and mistakes don't change God's call. Number five, my calling is connected to others. Your calling is not your call on your own. And it cannot be worked out on your own. The call of God on our lives is a team call as well as an individual call. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 4. We are all one body. We have the same spirit. And we have all been called 
to the same glorious hope. We've been called together. Hebrews 3 verse 1 says, Brothers and sisters, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. Let's turn to the person next to them and say, You are a partner in my heavenly calling. Because even if you don't know that person, it's true. We are partners together in the heavenly calling. The other people in your small group are partners together in your heavenly calling. That's one of the reasons we have small groups. Because we can partner, we can encourage each other, we can strengthen each other. We can help each other into our calling. You cannot fulfill your purpose in life by yourself. Many people have tried. It's impossible. You can only do it connected to other people. Calling and community go together. You cannot be what God wants you to be. You cannot fulfill what God wants you to fulfill. You cannot enjoy your destiny on your own. It's like the parts of your body. You know, our eye is incredibly gifted. If you think of the capacity in what our eye can do, it's incredible what your eye can do. But if your eye doesn't have a body... It's useless. All that gifting, all that talent, all that capacity. We can't even build a computer after thousands of years that does what an eye does. But it's useless without a body. The ear is the same. It's an incredible piece of equipment, what the ear does and how it operates. Incredibly talented. But it's useless. Without a body. We are meant to operate together. And finding your place in the body is what makes you able to function in the body the way that you're supposed to be. Again, that's part of 40 days. Am I an I? Some of you might be. Am I an ear? Am I a foot? Am I a hand? Where do I fit in the body? Let's find out where you fit. And put you in the place where you fit so that you can function in the fullness of who you are and all of your talents and gifts that you have will flow. That's why we've been saying to some people, you know, you, you've been serving God where you are and that's great. But if God changes that call on you right now or he moves the call further forward rather than changes the call, he expands it into something different. Maybe it's time for a change. Maybe you've been a cell group leader for years. Maybe God has something else for you in this next season. Because there's parts of the gift and talent of who you are that are yet to be expressed. And we need to find the place in the body that's going to bring that out in the most possible, best possible way. Okay? My calling is connected to others. Number six, God empowers what he calls. God empowers what he calls us to do. This is a wonderful thing as well. God's call comes to us by his grace. But we don't have to do it by ourselves. Because his grace enables us to do it. You know, it's a, it's a real sweet thing. When you get where God wants you to be. And you find the grace flowing in what he's made you to do. Because you know it's not you. It's not my strength. This is not my talent. God's using me. I'm a conduit of all those things. He's created me and allowing me to do it. But I'm loving what I'm doing. Because there's grace flowing. And when grace flows, the grace of God, you find yourself doing things that you never thought were possible. One of the things when I felt gripped when I was young is that I really wanted to preach the gospel. 
But actually, I'm not the most bold of people, really. Um, especially in conversation with others. I remember my brother, who's a lot bolder than I am, um, taking me down to the local, um, it was like the Red River Axe. It was in, on, a, on the town square. It was all, the, all you know, games and, and rides and shows and whatever and, and fortune telling and all sorts of different things. And, and I went down there. We went down together to take some tracts to, to share the gospel. I think I was 16. He was 18. And he'd stirred up our youth group and we're going to pray and we're going to go. Well, we had one person was going to come with us out of the whole youth group. And even he got sick uh, the day we went. So it was Mark and I. And Mark was just being bold. He's up there and he's speaking to different people and sharing the gospel. There was a, it was a, a certain ride. And, and when I looked up, it was surrounded by a gang. This gang were just all standing around this. They all had skinheads and tattoos and, and piercings everywhere. You can possibly have a bit of skin. And, and Mark was up there sharing the gospel with them. And I was scared. So I'm finding the nearest old lady that I can shove a card into and run away from. And hear me, I'm thinking, Lord, I have a call and I feel my call, part of my call. And, and fathers and mothers, you have a place to call, to kaleo these call out of your children. And my dad had said to me when I was young, Peter, he who wins souls is wise. It went into my spirit because he was saying, Peter, I think you're a soul winner. Well, I'm too scared to be a soul winner. Mark went off to the fortune telling line and they're all lined up in front of the fortune teller. Mark stands in front of them, 18 years old. What are you doing? Going to see a fortune teller. Why would you go to witchcraft to find out what God has for your life? Why not come to God? Jesus has got his life for you. You can come and find God. And I'm just, oh my goodness. The lady comes out and she's yelling at Mark and pouring all these curses on him. And I'm trying to find another old lady. And I've run out of old ladies because there's not many of them at the, at the exhibition. And I'm thinking, Lord, oh my goodness. What is this all about? <laughs> uh, a few years later, I was able to, to stand on a, on a street corner and um, we'd been preaching away in Czechoslovakia and for a week, been a, I'd been here one year and we took a mission trip of our young adults to Czechoslovakia and we'd been going for a week, nothing had happened, nobody getting saved, just pouring our hearts out. We gathered a crowd. There was a lot of people. It was just after, not long after the, um, the Russian, uh, the Soviet empire collapsed. And so these people are trying to figure out where they fit now in the world. And um, so the guy says to me right at the end, he says, okay, Peter, you get up and preach. Well, I've been preaching all week and I'd seen nothing. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, choose somebody else. So I stood up on a box or whatever it was in the middle of this street. I had about, it was about 40, 50, 60 people in front and I started to speak. And as I started to speak, something took over me. I started to say things that were not in my mind to say. If you know me well enough, you think probably that's my life. Most of my words seem to bypass my brain. I didn't know what was coming out of my mouth. But I started prophesying over people. Somebody here this morning, and this, was, this is where your life's at. And I would explain their life. And I'm thinking, what is going on? And Jesus is here because he loves you and he's seen you in the middle of it. And there's somebody else here. And boom, boom, boom. Just kept doing that. And then at the end, okay, um, how many people want to receive Jesus? 40 people came forward to receive Jesus. 
You ask me why I cry. It's because I know I can't do this stuff. I can't stand here this morning and preach. What have I got to say? But if there's a call, there's grace. And that grace comes like a river from above and it flows through you and you think, Jesus, you're using me. I never stop wondering at that. You used me today. You said things through me that I I wasn't even thinking. You touch people's lives in a way that I could never touch people, but I long to touch on these, but I just don't feel I've got the goods to do it. Thank you, Lord. That is the grace of God. Even before I was called, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. God empowers you. You know, Jesus even needed this empowerment. He knew he had a call. But when he got up to explain his call, what was the first thing he said? Somebody? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Do you know the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on you today? He has anointed you. You don't have my calling necessarily. Maybe some of you do. You have your own calling. But you have an anointing in the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed that anointing, we all need that anointing. But we all have that anointing as we come to him. And if you don't know Jesus today, you can have that anointing. By giving your life over to him. If we give ourselves to him, Lord, would you fill me? He fills us. I ask him to fill me multiple times a day. Holy Spirit, I must be filled. Holy Spirit, I may be filled. Holy Spirit, I want to be filled. Thank you, Holy Spirit, I will be filled. I say that often to the Lord. Because I know that if I'm going to fulfill the calling I have on my life, it has to be by his grace. He empowers us to do what he calls us to do. Finally, there's a prize for living out my calling. Remember last week we were talking about rewards. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God to Abraham, I am your shield. I will make your reward even greater. I will increase your reward. There's a wonderful prize for those of us who take hold and lay hold of the calling of God. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1, 17 to 18. I'm going to leave you with this this morning out of the message. I ask God to make you intelligent. I like that verse. I ask God to make you intelligent. It's exam week at school. Young people, there's a prayer for you. Lord, make me intelligent. I ask you to make me intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally so that you can see exactly what he is calling you to do and grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life he has for Christians. Glorious way of life. Wonderful things stored up for those who serve and call Uh, and follow the Lord. I'm going to pray this prayer over us this morning. If you'd like to receive this prayer as your prayer this morning, just open up your heart as we close today. Let me pray. I ask God, Father, I ask you today. Lord, I pray as we come into this 40 days, I ask that you would make us intelligent and discerning. You'd open up our minds. You'd open up our hearts. 
In knowing you personally, that's the first and greatest call, Lord, to know you personally. So that, Lord, we can see exactly what it is that you are calling us to do. Individually, Lord, and corporately. Exactly, Lord. And grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life that you have for us as Christians. God is calling Pick up the phone. Amen.